This episode is brought to you by the Law Office of Joseph I. Marchant, fo- focusing on real estate closings and probate matters with 20 years of experience for services. Contact Julie at 478-374-1505. The Riles Drug Store is a locally owned and operated independent pharmacy with pharmacists that live in the area and know patients by name, and they are dedicated to keeping you, your family, and our community healthy. They offer fast, friendly service with competitive pricing and free delivery to the surrounding counties. Remember that Riles Drug Store also has Riles Outfitters, conveniently located inside, a boutique that offers home decor, gifts, and clothing for men, women, and children. Shop local and make our community a better place to live. Call today at 229-868-6735 or stop by 12 South 2nd Avenue in McCray, Helena for help with any of, your, any of your needs. The Merchants and Citizens Bank is a proud sponsor of Throwing It Around. They have been a vital part of the local community since 1929. They offer traditional products and services to people that people have come to expect. In addition, they offer internet banking, mobile banking that includes mobile deposit, ATM banking, and telephone banking. For all your banking needs, please contact them today at 229-868-5656 or visit on the web at www.merchantsandcitizensbank.com. Milton CPA Services is your locally owned full-service accounting, auditing, and tax preparation professionals. Please visit them for all your bookkeeping and taxation needs to help you and keep your family or business running smoothly. For expertise and peace of mind, call on them. Located in the old Security State Bank building in McCray, Helena, call today at 229-868-5614 or visit on the web at www.miltoncpaservices.com. Vineyard Doodles. If you're looking to add a new member to your family today, visit them on Facebook or Instagram or go to their website at www.vineyarddoodles.com. The Cannon Law Firm is a general law practice focusing on real estate transactions, family law, criminal defense, social security disability, and personal injury. Call attorney Lee Cannon and his staff to assist you with all your legal needs with locations in McCray and Eastman. The Cannon Law Firm offers you big city expertise with the Tarma Small Town Service. Calico's in Eastman has a lot to offer with home decor, special holiday items, and an array of flags and mailbox covers for your home. Calico's also has lots of Georgia Bulldog merchandise to offer. They, they have new spring accessories arriving daily. Come see Miss Peggy and her fine folks at, at Calico's located at 215 Main Street, Eastman, Georgia. They are open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can also call them at 478-374-2551 or like them on Facebook and follow them on Instagram. Now, welcome to episode 15, guys. We're, we're, back, in, we're back in Cochran. Running it back with the softball team again, but this time we're doing it with the vets. The fifth-year seniors, catcher Lauren Heath and first baseman Logan Blizzard. So enough of the small talk. Let's get to it. What's up, guys? I want to, I want to say thanks uh, thanks a lot for sitting down with me. First, I just want to check in on how you guys are. We're good. The rain's kind of been holding us off the last few days, but other than that, I think we're pretty good. Yeah, we're good. I'm just ready to get back to play a softball game. We've been out for... What a week and a half. Yeah, almost two weeks. Trying to get back on the field. I was going to say, y'all pretty much, I mean, y'all had your, like, scheduled rest days, but then y'all been, via, mo- via Mother Nature, have been granted a few extra days. And I know there's, there, I know there's got to be that itch to get back out there because mm-hmm. the more y'all stay off, I mean, there's going to be some rust to kind of gather up, and y'all doing the best to try to shake it off. I know y'all had BP early this morning, so I know y'all trying to, uh, y'all trying to stay in the groove, mm-hmm. per se. So first question, I want to say this. I mean, I don't want it to be solely focused on softball today, so I just want to start by asking about y'all's childhood. 
Uh, can you tell us about childhood experience, whether they be athletically or not, that might probably shaped you into the people y'all are today? Um, yeah, I can say growing up, it was all about sports and just stuff like that. Not just with me, but my brother, and I got to learn like a lot of him, and I got to look up from him and like the things that he did, and I just wanted to be like my brother, and then just watching softball and watching like my older cousins play softball and stuff like that and just being around my parents that love softball so like you know growing up it was just all about sports school and sports again okay lauren well yeah my own my whole family played sports whether it was softball soccer or basketball tennis like my granddad was a state champ for several sports his senior year at perry um but i definitely learned a lot from my cousins they played they played football and baseball, and then my dad played soccer and baseball as well. So I kind of knew that we were gonna, like my brother and I were gonna eventually play one of those two sports, but we both ended up doing softball and soccer, and he did baseball as well, and a little basketball, but obviously stuck with softball. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so basically y'all were somewhat centered around sports a lot. I mean, that's really what shaped y'all into the people y'all are today. But I know I know y'all had some, some extra things that kind of kept y'all busy during off-season. So I want to go on to the next question about when exactly did did y'all start? I mean, was it at a really early age, or did y'all have to, per se, I guess, ease into liking sports? Um. So actually, a funny story, when I started playing – softball it was like you know normal you start playing t-ball mm-hmm. you know all that and my first year of that was I hated it I didn't want nothing a part of it I told my parents that I wasn't going to play and I sat in the outfield and picked grass and they made me <laughs> go to games and play and then I sat out my next year didn't play wasn't doing it just was not having it then I finally got back into it you know the year after and from then on I've just haven't stopped I played softball, you know, I picked up soccer, I cheered a little bit, you know, I've done some of that, but I just stuck with softball, and now here I am 23 years later and still playing softball. Wow. Yeah, actually, um, I started with soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because at that age, my parents were like, well, I don't want to spend all this money on bat and helmets and everything if she's just going to play one season and end up not liking it. So my brother and I both started with soccer, and it got to the age where we were like, okay, like we want to try baseball and softball. And so we would do soccer in the fall and then have a month off and then do softball and baseball in the spring. And then I ended up playing softball until I was about seven or eight. And then I was like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I just want to focus on soccer. So I took a year off of softball. And my brother, at the time, he was still playing baseball during that spring. And my parents were like, no, you can still play soccer, but you, you're you not going to quit softball. Like, you were too good at it for that age. And so up until my senior year of high school, I played softball and soccer. Gotcha, gotcha. I, and, you know, to, to kind of add to that point there, I've told people before that I think multi-sport athletes, to me, this is just my personal opinion that others may have a different one, multi-sport athletes seem to be more well-rounded athletes to me because they're not solely focused on honing in skills in one sport. Because you can take skills from another sport and actually apply that to the mm-hmm. to the other one you play, and it just makes you that much better. Well, Lauren, I want to uh, direct this one to you. I mean, you graduated from Perry High School. I mean, the uh, Houston County School District has a reputation of spitting out great athletes in multiple sports. I mean, you can 
you can name off probably five or six off the top of your head when it comes to football, but I know there's other athletes that have come out of that district as well. Um, so how was your high school experience athletically or as a whole? I mean, you can choose how to answer that one. Um, it was good. Uh, Perry at the time was generally just a football school. Um, I mean, you had the other big sports, like basketball was pretty decent, baseball was always been pretty decent. But then softball would go through like the stages where would be good for a few years and then would fall off and then would be good again. But my freshman year, I played JV and the varsity team, they went to Columbus, but they only won two games after that. And then um, coming up sophomore year, I had I knew I wasn't going to catch a lot because I had a senior catcher in front of me. And so I bounced back between third and short. So I fell in love with that. But then after they graduated is when I went back to catching and then fell in love with that again. But then my senior year, we got a whole new coaching staff. And so it got to the point where, like, I don't know if I want to stay at Perry just because I'm so used to the same thing that's been for the last three or four years. And uh, But it was good. We ended up coming – we ended up winning. No, we got second in region to West Lawrence. That was always our rival. Um, but oh, we yeah. actually beat them the first time that season. We walked off um, after like a three-and-a-half-hour game because of the weather and all that. But then we ended up going to Columbus and all that. And the experience there was well, – I mean, we didn't win any games. But um, played two games and we were done. But the experience there was just – you could just tell that everybody was there for softball. Everybody was there for the love of the game and all that. But – um. I mean, I, I was never a school person, so I knew that softball was going to be what got me right. to the next level. So. Oh, of course. Uh, Logan, I'll go and just direct the same thing to you. I know uh, we had to make a little bit of a change to that question. I mean, I, so I got in the city, right? So you ended up growing up in Claxton, but you you attended school at Metter. And I know uh, I know scrolling through, I know I was able to spot a few memories I, I, on Facebook. I know you were able to capture a few region awards as well. So going through, I mean, you are a collegiate athlete, so you had to be good in high school. So I'll just want to direct and say, give us an overview of how, how high school was for you. Um, high school was a pretty great memory for me. Um, I actually transferred to Metter going into my freshman year, and it was probably the best move that ever happened in my life. And just the coaches there, the teachers there, the atmosphere, like being around other people that love sports, like especially on the softball team. I had a few girls that were so like God gifted, talented, like on the softball field, but they never went to play softball. But they were just so good and that that those girls helped me improve my game. And we did good. I mean, we weren't like, you know, the top ten, you know, Columbus teams that you see there, like all that, but we were good like for us and we went to like first rounds of playoffs and we made an impact and we kept growing as a team but you know time comes where you got to graduate so right. you know they're still moving forward and this and that and the other but it was good I loved school and you know my senior year I the only thing I went to school for was sports softball and basketball because I was done with pretty much all my classes so I just did work base and that was a good part about it. Just go to school for sports, you know, at the end of the day. But I, you can't you can't <laughs> argue with something like that. You mean you basically there you're on that downhill slope of me and yeah. you you can basically 
you're in cruise control in, in, in terms of that there. So, I mean, that right there would have been a fun. I, I can picture that as being really fun. It was fun. Yeah, senioritis. Yeah, senioritis <laughs> yeah but I, I, I would say a big case of senioritis. I, I, I know it didn't take me very long to catch senioritis whenever I was, in, whenever I was senior. I mean, and that stuff is, uh, you know, you hear classes before you say that stuff's really contagious, and you don't really, yeah. and and you don't really believe it at first, but then you catch it, it's like, man, I don't want to be here. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's like you just pass the classes for the sports. Yeah, with, like, <laughs> exactly. With Georgia high school, like being the softball was a fall sport. It was like mm -hmm. I got through the fall, and then I literally had like five ag classes my mm -hmm. the second half of my senior year just to like be technically still in school. Mm -hmm. You know, that actually brings up a good question. I mean, I didn't write it down, but, I mean, that's it's a good segue into this. Uh, in high school, you do play softball in the fall. I mean, y'all have a fall season here now in college. But, I mean, was there much of an adjustment period between playing, like, the regular season during the spring now here in college and now playing in the fall in high school? I would say yes, because, like, with high school ball, like you said, you play in the, your seasons in the fall, so you would practice all summer long. Mm -hmm. You had that one dead week, and it was usually the week of the fourth. And um, we'd be out there, and it'd be 100 degrees, like literally. Mm -hmm. But then, like coming in the college and playing in the fall, you have two, two a day, sometimes even three a days. And it's like you get all built up, and you're ready, and you only get to play six games maybe at the fall, and then you take a whole month off and not doing anything, and then wait for the spring. So I think the adjustment was it was definitely tough, but I felt like once we like got in the groove of things, it was it was easier. Is it? Is that? Yeah, I would say about the same. Okay. It wasn't too big of a adjustment, but uh, just having spring games, you just can't wait to get out and play in the spring. You gotta go right. through the whole fall. Mm -hmm. But the fall was fun. We get better. It's like grind time. Oh, for sure. But for sure. It's not too bad. This this question will be for both of y'all again. Uh, people debate all the time about the, the the topic of travel ball, and you hear time and time again about some athletes who are really good in, when it comes to softball in high school, their high school levels, and they also show off in travel ball, and, and they'll get burned out. And by the time that colleges grab their uh, get uh, grab their attention, they're they're, they're pretty much ready to be done with it. They've played it so much, and they've just, okay, I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. I've done it too much. And people wonder if it's worth it. So, I mean, I honestly say if you can afford it and you can, like, keep up with the load of the games that you play throughout that schedule, I mean, go for it. Uh, just don't burn yourself out on that chosen sport. And, I mean, did either of you play travel ball? And if so, for how long? Um, I started playing travel ball when I was about – 12U, that's when I really hit the ground hard, like playing and this and that and the other. And I literally have played travel ball all the way up until this past summer. Oh, okay. So it's never been like a all summer for me. Um, when I got in college, I played the with the collegiate team out of South Carolina. And then just before that, I played travel ball every weekend that I can remember. I even had to miss my eighth grade dance to go to a oh. travel ball tournament that my dad would not let me miss. But, you know, it helped shape me into a good player I am today. But it was fun to me. I never really felt burnout, but there was some girls that I played with that just hated it, just got burnout. They started to experience burnout. So. Yeah, that just got to where they didn't want to play every weekend. I didn't mind playing every weekend, but Looking back now, I'm like, 
maybe I should have taken like you know one weekend off a month just like do normal stuff but if I could go back I honestly don't think I would change it right. I'm just you know speaking throwing things out but I have witnessed a lot of girls say like they're burned out like their bodies are tired this and that and the other but I think you just have to have like a kind of a different mindset of do I really want to go play college ball? Like, do I want to better myself? Like, this and that and the other. And I think that's where it comes in with the burnout and, like, being the best player you can be, if that makes sense. Right, right. You're right. And I can understand how the playing travel ball, yeah, it ups your chances of being noticed by colleges. But then again, you've seen there, – there are plenty of examples, if you dig hard enough, of great players getting noticed just by showing off in high school. Yeah. I mean, so I wanted to go and direct the travel ball question to you. Yeah, I, um, I definitely think the burnout thing has gotten, I don't want to say higher, but I've seen um, or know a bunch of people that have baseball and softball that get burned out. And I think that's got a lot to do with because of how young their parents start them. Yeah. Like you sit there and you see these 6U and even 8U um, travel ball teams, and I'm not like, why? They don't, they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like they just go out there to chase a yellow ball. But um, I started, I played All-Stars several years, so that eventually um, got to be like a travel ball thing. Right. And I always would play the age group up. So I was playing with people two years older than me. And um, I bounced back before, or back and forth between a few travel ball teams. I played with Chain back when they were big into softball, and I was 10 playing 12 you, And then some other smaller um, like small travel ball teams, and then the last one I played with was out of Cordial, and they were we were just like a one team organization. And but I think like with the whole recruitment thing, with us being down here like out of Cordial, it was we weren't going to get noticed down here. You have to because we weren't a big name like in Atlanta mm-hmm. or anywhere. But you have to definitely like take advantage of like the prospect camps and the showcase camps. And all that. Um, I know one uh, one person that got noticed in warm-ups at a high school game, and that's how she ended up getting her um, recruitment thing. But, um, I mean, yeah, like Logan said, we played every weekend. Um, yeah, it sucked not being able to go to the beach, but there were some tournaments where, like, the week-long tournaments, like the World Series, you go down to the beach and you have some time right. to play and be at the beach. But it was definitely a time management thing. And my brother played as well, so it was like my mom would be with one of us one weekend, and my dad would be with us the other weekend. And so. you would just swap it out, mm-hmm. yeah. Because my dad, he coached both of us, so it was oh, like okay. he was head coach for one and assistant for the other, so he would just bounce back and forth. But like Logan said, I wouldn't – the knowledge I have now from travel ball and everybody that I played with or had coached me, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for nothing. Oh, yeah, and that, yeah, you're right, and that totally makes sense. I know, I mean, we could, we could play the ifs ifs and buts games all day and all but I mean the point you made about looking back and thinking maybe I should have t- took some time off and you're right go t- go and try to recharge the battery per se and I can and, and I could probably say that would exponentially probably reduce burnout and if you could just take a few certain like you said may, maybe a week or even a weekend per se mm-hmm. kind of recharge that battery and I think that would drop the burnout rate because like we mm-hmm. talked about with the school ball, like high school ball being mm-hmm. in the summer and all that, you would mm-hmm. you would get done with travel ball, and that next weekend or the next week you were starting school ball. So, yeah, it's time to start There's a lot of times ball. like, oh, I don't know if you can relate, Logan, but I would have to miss high school practice because of tournaments for travel ball mm-hmm. that we already had scheduled and all that. Oh, yeah. 
And now jumping into recruitment, we've touched on it. Now we'll uh, focus on it as the subject. Everybody's recruitment journey is unique to them. No, there may be same aspects, but it's it's unique as a whole. Uh, when did y'all start to draw interest from schools? Well, actually, a lot of people may not know this, but going into my summer before my sophomore year, I committed to Charleston Southern. They're Division One out of South Carolina, and I was actually committed to them up until my senior year of high school. Uh -huh. So in that whole period of time, I did not reach out to another coach. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I loved that school. It was on the beach. But whenever I was getting older, you know, maturing more through high school, and I got down to almost graduating high school, I sat myself down, and I was like, oh, do I really want to go like three and a half hours away from my house, like away from my parents. And I was like, no, I don't. My brother was in North Carolina and I saw like how that far distance like did to him. And like, I know he always wanted to come home, but it was a seven hour drive for him. So I was like, I know I'm not seven hours away, but you know, three hours to me is like seven hours. Mm. So I decommitted and then I only had like two months to try to reach <coughs> out to coaches. And one of my good friends, their dad, that coached us, um, he was like, um, I have this friend, like she coaches down in South Georgia. You know, she's having around Robin, she wants you to come play. I was like, well, thank God. You know, just give me something. So I went down there. I literally had not touched a ball for about four months because I was in basketball season. So I was just like, I'm not gonna play softball. You know why I'm playing basketball. So I go down there playing around Robin. Thank God I did good, you know. And she goes, yeah, I have a scholarship for you if you want to come. And I was like, you know what, I'll take it. Like, I'm very grateful for it. And then that's how my school started at South Georgia. Um, Like I told about the whole, like, the smaller travel ball team, um, it was very hard for me to, like, get my recruitment process going because I wasn't sure because I'm the oldest kid and so I wasn't sure like how to reach out to like coaches and everything else to try to get like either visits or them to come watch a game or something and so a few of the travel ball teams that we would always play they um some of their head coaches they like had different like connections with other college coaches and um one of the guys helped me out a lot and um I started that in my sophomore year and I knew I didn't want to go all four because I'm such a homebody person. And I also didn't want to go somewhere big and like not play because right. I felt like I feel like that would eventually like cause me to like not like the game anymore because I worked so hard to get to where I am, but then I'm mm -hmm. not being able to use my talent per se. Right. And so I've used I've visited a few schools and um, but one of them was not Middle Georgia. And the coach that was here, Coach Phillips, he knew um. Well, I had a, another travel ball coach that was good friends with him, and he called my dad, and he was like, hey, can y'all please just go down there for a visit? He won't leave me alone about Lauren, yada, yada, yada. And um, I was like, yeah, sure, we'll go just to shut him up. So I came down here, and because um, it's only like maybe 25 minutes from the house. Right. And so mm -hmm. we came, my dad and I came down here. We did a tryout on the field and toured the campus and all that, and we were leaving, and I told my dad, we weren't even out of Cochran. I said, I think I just found where I wanted to go. So it was one of those that I felt like God like put in front of me for a reason, and obviously it was the right reason. If five years later I'm still here, so 
Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, so it sounds like y'all's recruitment journey was pretty much as simple as it could be, really, because, I mean, just like you, like you said, you, you, you were committed since sophomore year, and I know I would – and I know I got to know Carson Oaks, who's at South Carolina now. I, I got to know her in Columbus a little bit. Talked to her parents about, uh, talked to her about how she kind of developed her softball career. And we she, actually played her in high school. That's funny you say that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and, and she's she's a lights out pitcher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I can really see where she deserves to be in the SEC. And uh, I I think it was I'm pretty sure it was sophomore year she got uh, interest from South Carolina and pretty much never looked back after she's. Uh, t- never really looked back until she gave South Carolina the thumbs up and I guess everybody else just said, Okay, I can't I can't pull her away from the Gamecocks. Yeah. I it think was, she's a year younger than yeah. us. It was easy for me to commit to Charleston that early and like me being as mature as I was, like at the time and stuff. Because I played we had a team that was called like um, Carolina Elite and we were I guess you could say like a farm team off of like that school because the whenever I was graduating all of the girls were already gonna be there and they were all like my best friends because we had played together for like three years at the time so that just made it so easy for me and I was just like yeah I'm gonna get to play with like all my good friends I've been playing with like we're just gonna jail so good because we literally had the whole infield that was gonna be at that school and some outfielders and the catcher so it was just and I'm pretty sure a pitcher but I can't remember so it was just it was simple it was good but you know there's always a reason for yeah. change for sure for sure and when it comes to and when it comes to taking business you know y- y'all kind of touched on it so I know we'll kind of flash back to the episode I did with Madison Riggins. Uh, she she talked about her quote unquote visits were kind of unorthodox. She kind of would attend camps and like during the breaks per se, kind of walk around campus mm-hmm. and consider that her visit per se. So she never actually scheduled a tour of the campus per se. She would go down there, show off the skills, and whenever she wasn't on the diamond, she'd go walk around the campus to see if she liked it. So y'all. Y'all technically never really took a visit per se. At, am I correct on yes, that? Okay. Right. Okay. So, um, want to go ahead and say that now, now that y'all made the choice about now South Georgia, Middle Georgia, now you came down here for that tryout. What exactly checked the boxes for y'all? Um, to like go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the main thing that checked my box was that I was given another opportunity to play college ball. Yeah. Like another coach saw my talent and was like, here you go, Logan. Mm-hmm. By the grace of God, someone had a spot for me. Right. And that was the biggest box that checked off for me. And then just like the campus, I don't know if you've ever been on the campus, but to me, it just reminded me of kind of like home mm-hmm. because it was small, it wasn't too big. Like, the teachers and everything were very nice. They helped you a lot. The coach, to me, did everything that I felt like was supposed to be right by a coach. I know some people may not see her like that, but she helped me in (coughs) other ways than just softball grow as a person. And um, then the girls that were already there, they just, like, literally snatched me up and was like, 
Yep, you're our new sister, so it was just all my boxes were checked off in literally like snap of fingers. I got you. So basically, yeah, I have been on campus down there. I have, uh, I never really went too deep into the campus, so I don't know exactly how big it is, but I, I actually had a friend, a close friend that played down there, and I would go watch her a couple of times, and I could tell that there was a, uh, it, it really seemed like a little family aspect, like you said, sisters. I mean, it, that really accepting environment, mm -hmm. and I could see how, how that would draw you here. I mean, so what exactly about this place kind of checked your boxes for you? Because this place is, it's a big campus, but it's not huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it kind of like I told, I think it was Alexis that I said about campus here. It's, it's big. It, it gives big city feels without actually being huge. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of like Logan said, um, yeah. I feel like even though it's not like a D1 campus or even yeah. like D2 or something like that, that big, um, we're all like connected in some way. And I feel like with all of the, um, a bunch of sports teams down here, we all like intertwine with each other, hang out during like practice and all that. Um, but definitely how close everybody is. Um, all of the professors, like the first, my first semester here, I was kind of nervous about how like, if I was gonna be missing a bunch of classes because of softball and all that and how they would react to it. But um, from previous players that were still on the team, they informed us like, hey, like the first day you go in and you say, my name is so-and-so, I play softball, you go ahead and give them your schedule, especially for the spring, because we're gone half the time. And nine times out of 10, they work with you too. So, and you will see some of them at the games. And like Logan said, it's just like a whole like family type yeah. thing. I got you. So from South Georgia, I mean, do you have any particular fond memories that probably might stick out in your head from down there? The, well, while playing ball, like I have so many, like mm -hmm. just a lot. Joseph, we got to play Mercer, we got to play JU, like we got to play good teams like that. And those were like good memories that will just stick with like a softball player for a long time because mm -hmm. you were at a JUCO, but you got to play like good Division One schools. Um, and the school just being able for people that don't know you to like bring you in and be like this is what you need to do like we're going to help you every step of the way and just you know deep down that you don't need your parents anymore that you have people there that are going to take care of you mm -hmm. and then um just the girls we had so many memories i still talk to half of them like till this day like we have snapchat streets <laughs> And we still talk. They, some of them still come to our game, and they support Middle Georgia now since, like, I'm here. Some of them are friends with Lauren now and my friends from back at home. So, like, it's still tight-knit with all them. But I had a lot of great memories there. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, some great, some bad. But, you know, you can't go through life with just good memories. Oh, that's for sure. I mean, and, you know, that's awesome to hear that you still have – uh, you are still considered part of the family, even though you're not playing there anymore. That's, that's, that's great to hear. So let's take a quick sponsor break to thank the sponsors once again. I want to thank the Law Office of Joseph I. Marchant uh, for experience. With 20 years of experience for services, contact him at 478-374-1505, Riles Drugstore. Visit them at 12th South 2nd Avenue or call them at 229-868-6735. Go visit the Merchants and Citizens Bank for any services. You can call them at 229-868-5656 or visit on the web 
at www.merchantsandcitizensbank.com. Milton CPA Services, located in the old South, old state, <laughs> located in the old Security State Bank building. You contact the contact them at 229-868-5614 or go on the web at www.miltoncpaservices.com. Go follow Vineyard Doodles on Facebook and Instagram or go to their website at www.vineyarddoodles.com if you're looking for a cute new member of your family. The Cannon Law Firm, you can visit them in McCray or Eastman. And Calico's, uh, contact them at 478-374-2551 or visit at 215 Main Street, Eastman. So now let's talk about making adjustments. We talked about other experiences where you had to kind of make adjustments. Like you said, you were... You started to run out of time in your recruiting uh, journey to where now finally you got somebody else to really notice you right right before it was time to make a decision. I know you. Um, so now we're going to talk about being already in college and something happening, and <laughs> something happening to where you've got to make an adjustment on the fly. So uh, coaching changes are one thing that can really throw athletes for a loop. So we've seen plenty nowadays where players will transfer because they either want to follow the coach that recruited them or they don't or they just flat don't want to play for the new one. So my question so going going the one year you played here at Middle Georgia under coach Ken Phillips, I mean they were, I'm sure you had time to get used to his philosophy here and all, but it was only one year so there probably wasn't that much time to really get rooted into his mm-hmm. to really get rooted per se into his system to really become a quote unquote follower of the coach. So whenever so did it take you long to adjust from moving from Coach Phillips to now Coach Hewitt here? Um, at the moment, yes, because um, when my freshman year, it was one of those, we were honestly scared that we were going to hurt him on the field sometimes just because of his age. So we would I, literally go through, like you hear coaches say, going through the motions. Like So right. literally every mm-hmm. practice was the same thing. We'd go out there, we'd hit in the cage for 30 minutes, and then we'd jog, stretch, throw, do a round of defense, and he would throw to us um, on the field like front toss. And we'd be done in an hour and a half. And so um, it got to the point where I would start to, like, struggle, like, when spring came and stuff. And I was at the point where I was like, I'm done with softball. Like, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but there were times where I would go home to my parents, like, crying, like, I don't feel like I belong here. Like, I don't get along with the coaches. Like, they don't, like, accept me or whatever. And then whenever we got the call that Coach Phillips wasn't coaching anymore and it was going to be Coach um, Becca, I was like, okay. Like, I feel like I had a weight of um, lifted off of my shoulders. And definitely coming into the first fall season that Coach Becca was here, after the first week of practice, I could definitely tell that she was here for a reason. She wanted all of us to get better, and she knew what she was doing. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't everything going through the motions. Um, the only thing that I would say that I would not necessarily struggle with, but I would have to like get a, used to was mm-hmm. we've had, so she's been here four years, and we've had three different, four different assistant coaches since she's been here. So not necessarily like getting used to a head coach per mm-hmm. se, but it was getting used to, like, the assistant coach. Yeah, like, start, I felt like I would get starting, used to one. Starting to cycle through the mm-hmm. assistants, yeah. Okay, get used to you. one, and then they wouldn't be here, and then be another one, and you get used to that one, and then they would leave. And But definitely overall, like, a positive 
thing. I would say that Coach Becca, if it wasn't for her, I would have never played after my freshman year of college. So. You know, the, that que- I was honestly waiting for myself to get down to this question because you mentioned about the, you had a coaching change while still in high school. Mm-hmm. So that right there made me want to hurry up and get down to this question to hear your answer about that. And now, being you mentioned cycling through assistance, now, I'm, from what I could watch and hear in some of the interviews that I've done, I mean, Coach Wimpy seems to be well received, great coach. I mean, I've talked to her some, and also, like, what's you, you two's opinion on her? I know uh, as soon as this year's over, uh, you guys are gone. I mean, y'all have experienced, like you said, three, four different coaches. So what's your opinion on co- assistant coach number, what is it, four, I think? Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. I mean, like I said, from what I've heard, I mean, it's nothing but praise for her. I mean, I, I've the times I've come out to practice, I've watched her, how she operates. I mean, she's she really seems to have a deep-rooted love of softball and mm-hmm. really a great way of teaching. She does. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really love about her is that you see coaches all the time just sit there and like vocally explain like the yeah. drill um, to you or what you're doing right and wrong. But and if you still don't understand it, she'll sit there. I know like I think Lex said it too. She'll mm. sit there and, show and like physically show it to yeah. you. And um, mm-hmm. one thing that I really have enjoyed is um, her like catching wise too. I've uh-huh. never really had like a true like catching coach um, since I was in middle school. Actually, and so that part that part has been a change too. Um, she started calling pitches for games, and I feel like that's a weight lifted off of my shoulders as well. Because when Coach Becca first got here, she would call pitches, but then she was like, Lauren, you've got it. Like, I'm it's stressing me out too much. Like, you've got it. And I was like, Okay, I got you. And um, so I've been doing it since my sophomore year, okay. and um, so with her helping in now and calling pitches, I feel like that's been a weight lifted off of our shoulders and um she's definitely like she has a strong heart for it too and like any coach she'll be straight one minute but then sit around and like play around with us and all that too but definitely a positive thing i like her a lot um i'm glad that we were able to get somebody in that you know enjoys coaching and enjoys like explain it to us and when she sees, like, that we're lacking any time, like, she would just, like, try to light a fire up under our butt. And sometimes, like, we'll be like, Coach Wimpy, like, stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it just, like, it really makes us think and, like, you know, gets us going and, like, we'll laugh about it. And then you'll just see everyone's, like, demeanor change and, like, yeah, like, let's go. Like, you know, let's do what Coach Wimpy said. Right. And she's just, she, like Lauren said, like, she will be strict. But she will, she knows when to like, you know, lay low on the streak and just have fun with us and like, you know, make jokes and stuff like that. And we all respect her because she does know what she's talking about with like our hitting. And one thing that I've always liked, like growing up personally, is like having a hitting coach that is physical, like show you physical of what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right. And like, I'm a big physical learner. Like, I can't just learn with, like, you telling me, right. hey, you need to not drop your back shoulder. Okay, mm-hmm. well, understand that, but can you show me? No, yeah. I'm not saying I have right. a problem like this, but I'm just, you know, everyone knows dropping the back shoulder. Right. And she will get out there and she'll show you and she'll say you can do this drill or this drill and, like, work on it. Like, you, I've videoed myself multiple times, like, sent it to her, and she'll be like, 
yeah, you look great, like, driving that ball to the right, like, right side. Yesterday, she said she was helping me, like, standing a little bit taller because I was dipping down with swinging too early again. But, you know, we're working on it. But that's just one of the things I love about Coach Wimpy. She's always willing to help any of us. So, right. I'm very glad that Coach Wimpy got her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, there's a lot of times that you'll hear people say that a lot of people have problems with just hearing instructions like, okay, I don't I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Show me. And like you, you, the example you made about dropping the back shoulder, yeah, anybody who's around softball and baseball really knows what dropping your back shoulder means, and some need to see that. I mean, I can understand where it really gets sunken into the head, per se. It really learned faster if they could just see it. Yeah. You're right. So, on the other hand, we'll talk about adjustment. We'll get back to the adjustment point. You, on the other hand, did transfer here. So, what got you over here to middle of Georgia? I mean, of course, I know Charleston Southern was the first school you had committed to, so there wasn't exactly – your list wasn't full. So, I'll go ahead and say that middle of Georgia most likely wasn't one of the ones that you really took a visit to. So, I'll say, so what got you over here? Well, I've actually known Coach Becca because in um, – our conference at South, she was the head coach at East the year before. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I knew of Coach Becca. Okay. And um, she actually saw me play whenever I was at South that year before she come here. Well, um, one of my friends, Taylor, she was talking about coming here. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I want to go there. Like, you know, Coach Becca's over there. Like, she seemed like a good coach at East Georgia. Like, you know. And so I emailed Coach Becca, and I was, like, crossing my fingers. I was like, just please email me back. Because, honestly, I just wanted to go with Taylor because we were, like, best friends at the time. And I really didn't want to go too far. I wanted to go to a school that was close, not just four hours away from home. So I emailed Coach Becca, and thank God she emailed me back. And she was like, yeah, like, let's try to get y'all on, like, a visit one day. And... Then we had a softball game, and we had to reschedule, but we finally got to schedule it. We got to come talk with Coach Becca, and then it was just up from there. And my roommate actually left South when COVID, right before COVID hit, the year, the year that COVID hit. Um, we had the option to come to Middle, but I was in the predicament of if I left after Taylor left, there was not going to be a team at South because, like, there was girls that got hurt, left. So we only had nine with me. And I prayed about it, and I was like, I just can't do this to eight other girls. So I explained that to Coach Becca. She was very open with it, like, understood. And she was like, like, you, you can come, like, the next year. And I was like, thank you. Like, she, she was just very understanding with it because, you know, other coaches would have just been like, you know, bye, like, you know, whatever. But not Coach Becca. She was understanding and all that. And then, you know, COVID hit, so I didn't even get to play the rest of that year. So I got an extra year, and now that's why I'm getting to play my fifth year at, South, at Middle Georgia. <laughs> but I'm very thankful right. for Coach Becca for allowing me to um, come here and taking me as a JUCO transfer and helping me grow as a player here at Middle and getting to play with all my lovely, lovely friends. Hey, man. I, mean, I got you. I know what you mean. 
So we'll talk about positions now. The the two positions that y'all play are both vital vital positions to any team. You got catcher and first base. So let's talk about you first, Lauren. Um, the person I'm about to talk about is uh, of course Joey Votto. He plays first base with the Cincinnati Reds, and uh, he says in an, in an interview I saw him here. I heard him say one time that catchers are a special a special type of crazy which Joey Votto also is kind of a special type of crazy as well if you if you could hear him and see some of his tweets as well but I kind of agree with him I can't I can't say I disagree so I mean you if you were to look at the physical and mental conditions of a catcher you think about you're getting five balls hit off of you you're having to drop uh, drop to your knees multiple times to block balls you're having to uh, like you said, now call, now calling pitches has been taken off your shoulders and all, but we'll th- think about uh, dealing with the heat later on in the season because it gets hotter in the mm-hmm. spring. You start off kind of cooler, so you might appreciate some of the warmth the equipment gives you while it's cold, but then you get hotter on in, later on in the season and you really want to just strip the equipment mm-hmm. off and kind of cool down. And then taking extra care of the knees, of course, whether it be internal or external. <laughs> internal. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> whether it be internal or external as well. So in uh. And also, we're talking about giving out, uh, hopefully not giving out the wrong signal, whether it be to the infield, or, and we'll go back to talking about pitches as well. So kind of talk about, is catching the only position you've ever played? Um, so, no, I've actually played every position but pitcher. Ah, okay. um, when I was younger, there was a girl um, that I, she was one of my best friends I grew up playing ball with, and she started pitching before we could actually even pitch in the game. So I think it was like 8U or something. And um, so at the time, I was like, yeah, like, I'll try pitching and all that, too. And she was like, well, no, I'm the pitcher. You can be the catcher. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And so I've been catching since then. But um, in travel ball, I would play a lot, of, and even high school ball, too. I'd play third and short a lot as well. Um, some people would argue that they'd rather see me at third than sh- um, catching. Not, not today. But... Um, <laughs> But actually, my freshman year here, mm-hmm. I didn't get to catch as much as I thought I was going to. Okay. And when I was playing, I was at third. Okay. And um, so that was like kind of a, a relief, like getting to stand up and all that. But then the first year that Coach Becca was here, it was me and another girl that caught. And we had two other girls that could play shortstop. And, um, but one of them ended up quitting, and the other one wasn't comfortable with there at all. And so Coach Becker was like, well, I need somebody to go play short. I was like, I'll, I'll go do it. And so I fell in love with that again. And then that was the year COVID hit. So it was like I only got to play like 14 games or something that short. Um, but I enjoyed it. But then ever since my junior year, I've been back, like I said, at catching. But um, definitely wear and tear on the knees. Um, I mess with our pitchers all the time about, hey, like, can we not throw anything in the dirt today? Like, I just <laughs> – not that I don't feel like um, blocking the ball up or whatever, but um, I definitely praise Miss Gala for helping me get through these five years, mm-hmm. whether it's knees, both shoulders are tore up. But um, I like being in control of things. Right. It's definitely – I wouldn't say it's as stressful calling pitches as it would be like calling like a first and third situation or right. whatever because mm-hmm. I would call them pitches – the pitcher has to agree with me too. So yeah. if they're not confident in throwing it, then obviously they have the option to shake me off. But um, nine times out of ten, we're all on the same page with stuff. And I like being able to see the whole field and kind of being like the quarterback, per se, of that. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I know what you mean. And I know 
back in the fall when I spoke with uh, Coach Becca about the catching situation, you at one time were the only catcher here. Mm-hmm. So I uh, want to go and get your opinion. And like, so now there's a second catcher, and now the workload is not as much, mm-hmm. uh, not, not as heavy on you now. So th- just kind of give me an impression of how that's how that's making you feel. Of course, you. I mean, you're the starter. You're going to be taking on most of it. But it's good to hear that if you're not feeling 100%, there's still somebody to catch mm-hmm. there now. Oh, it's definitely a relief. Yeah. Um, like last year, we had another girl that could catch, but it was mm-hmm. more of a just a body being thrown back there. So mm-hmm. last year, I did have to catch every game, every inter squad, every bullpen, and all that. And um, this year, coming in when I was like literally the only catcher too. Coach Becca and I would kind of joke back and forth, like, hey, you getting a transfer? Hey, you getting a transfer? And she was like, I'm working on it. And then in our exit meeting in the fall, she told me that she was having a catcher come in for a visit over the break. And um, the day that she told me that she committed, I was like, thank you. Like, it's just, it's a weight off of my shoulders. But then again, it's like with Landry being a freshman, I am so thankful for her. But I have the opportunity to be able to, like, teach her mm-hmm. and, like, show her some things that she may or may not have ever, like, thought of. And um, she's really good about, like, asking questions about, hey, are we doing this today? Do you want me to do this? Yada, yada, yada. But um, definitely a huge part or a huge help into coming and relieving me a little bit. And even oh, yeah. Coach Wimpy, too, like, because in the yeah. fall, mm-hmm. um, I know, like, Summer went back there some, Addison went back there some, and they're like, yeah, we don't – we don't want it. And so Coach Murphy's like, okay, I guess I'll go back there and catch. But I couldn't tell you the last time I had an assistant coach, like, catch an inner mm-hmm. squad. But, yeah, definitely positive. Of course, and, of course, I can understand probably a position player that gets back there. I'd say probably the first foul ball that goes off the face or the inside of the thigh. I mean, anything like that is going to say, nope, I'm out. See you. Mm-hmm. No. So, all right, now let's switch gears. Logan, you hadn't said anything in a couple of minutes, so let's <laughs> – um, you had to swap positions in, in year number five. So now it's from shortstop, now you're at first base. You had to get used to a whole new position. We talk about uh, it's a big difference when you compare the responsibilities of the position. Uh, you went from getting saved from bad throws, and now you're saving other people's tails from bad throws. So we talk about, can you talk about the experience getting used to a, a, a position other than shortstop? Uh, did it take you very long? But also you think about the, the glove difference as well. You gotta think about. It. You gotta get used to that big glove. It's, it's about. It's pretty much half a catcher's mitt, really, if you want to say the way it's rounded off. I mean, it, it, so I mean, just kind of talk about the adjustment here, because I mean, if you think about it, I mean, the responsibilities and the weird shape of that glove. Yeah. So, yeah. um, in my exit and Coach Pekka, like we talked about, it and she was like, "I want you at first, and I come to terms with it. And I played first over the summer, like through my uh, that collegiate team that I was telling you about. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it was last year. Sometimes I would joke with Lauren about like, yeah, I want to go play first, and uh, as a joke. And then you know, um, when Coach Vega told me that, I was like, all right, like you know, I can, I can do this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and. It wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still learning every day. Like, oh, I'm sure. still, like, trying, like, work hard over there, like, to dig balls out because, like, I know, like, for one, that, like, you know, when a first baseman misses, like, a pick, like, 
how mad I used to get. So, mm-hmm. like, I just tried to yeah. work hard for mm-hmm. my other teammates over there now. And um, I feel like I've gotten better, like, at my picks and stuff. But mm-hmm. the picks weren't as, like, hard to me as, like, the stretching was. Because, yeah. you know, at short, like, I had to pick balls, like, this and that and the other. And... I think the most challenging thing at first for me was just like the stretching part because I used to joke with Coach Becca all the time like just how like not flexible I am Uh. like at all it just was not in my genes when I was born for me Logan Blizzard to be like flexible but I have worked on that a lot I stretch pretty much every night now Um, I stretch like 20 minutes before practice like during practice like I'm always stretching at first and sometimes like you'll probably see me like during the game like just squatting down at first like (laughs) I'm stretching and trying to stay as loose as possible yeah but it hasn't been that bad I actually like at the beginning I told Lauren I was like man I just I don't know how I'm gonna like this but then I told Lauren like what it was like two weeks after practice I was like I just love first now like it's just so fun to me just being able to like you know stretch off like my flexibility that I now have and just like picking the ball like it's just really fun for me and um even though I'm not as short like I still feel like I'm still doing what I can do at first as if like if I wasn't short if that makes sense like it just gives me like a better perspective on the field now since like I'm at first you know like we don't get to do as much as like you know the middle infielders do like now we get to watch like them make like most of all the plays because you know they don't really hit that much at first and you know but I do enjoy like picking the ball stretching and just like catching every ball because like I have to make that out (laughs) but it is fun it is really fun and I think I've adjusted pretty well to it but don't get me wrong I'm still adjusting every day oh I know I mean of course I mean adjusting to a new position whether it wherever you're moving to isn't it's it's going to take more than a couple of practice sessions especially with first you got to worry like you said the flexibility is a huge part of it yeah. trying to stretch out and keep that toe on the back well the foot or at least keeping the toe on my the back big toe. that's why yeah. i joke with them all the time at least yeah. i keep my big toe on yeah. it <laughs> are you at least keeping that toe on the bag of course and you know you, the skill of picking balls i mean you know you think playing short stuff you've probably still got a little bit of that residual skill of picking balls at short like if a, a runner's trying to steal second base you know a catcher may may end up short hopping the ball and you've ended up and you got to pick it out of the dirt it's a little bit of a different position because you're straddling a bag instead of stretching out from a bag so there's yeah. a little bit of a difference in body position but that residual skill is probably still there so the, the when, when it comes to picking you're probably not as far behind as you think yeah that was the yeah. weirdest thing to me at first was trying to pick a ball mm-hmm. in a basically straight line straight up position i yeah. was like there is just I was like, how do y'all do this? Instead of standing. And so, and, yeah, yeah, because you could, yeah. at short or, like, at second or even at third, like, you can just use your body to block it. Mm-hmm. But at first, no, you're in a straight line, and if you miss that pick, it's going to the brick wall. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I just tell myself, and, like, Coach Becca, like, gave me, like, some little um, pointers here and there, which actually really helped me. And just, like, and even – some of the baseball like first basemen like they gave me some pointers because I was like asking them because I was just trying to get as much knowledge in my head so like I was I didn't look out of place if that makes sense 
And they were just like, stay as low as you can and like follow the ball from like the bottom to like the top. And I was like, okay, and it, it helped a lot. And the glove question, holy moly. <laughs> that thing, because I have a, what is it, 11 and a half like fielding glove. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure the first time you put it on, you probably looked and said, dang, this thing is huge. I literally said, holy moly, I cannot. <laughs> and I, I literally put it on my whole face. And I was just like, I just, I could not come to terms with 11 inch glove and 11 and a half inch glove. And I don't know how big it is, but I feel like it's like two foot off my hand. <laughs> but, you know, to be a first base, you have to have a big glove, like to oh, pick yeah. the balls and stuff. Oh, yeah. So. That was another thing that it took me a little while to adjust because my whole life I played with 11 and a half gloves and then um, I'm playing with like a two foot glove at first. <laughs> and, but it, it's gotten a lot better. I feel like, I feel very comfortable with it now. Um, there still are some plays where like it'll hit like in the palm and like it'll immediately pop out that I'm still like working out like hitting it with a ball like you know trying to break that one spot in mm-hmm. but other than that it, it's I love the glove now it's I feel like I can't miss anything with it oh, yeah. but you know let me knock on some wood and you know and you know honestly from a fan's perspective and I, I'm not here blowing blowing smoke it at either one of y'all but I can tell I mean you are getting much better at the first base position. I know you can tell you and Georgia both make a great first base pair. I know, of course, I mean, that that's the thing about this roster this year is that there's so much talent on there. That's one mm-hmm. thing that Coach Beckett talked about in one of our shows. She said that she could take this roster and ride out two completely different lineups right. and, not, and, not, and really not even have a residual person from game one to game two. And I know you were getting so much better at first base. I know I watched you last year at shortstop. You're a great shortstop, and I think you're going to be just as good at first. And you, as a catcher, you were you're one of the one of the two, if not probably the best catcher I've seen since I've started reporting and broadcasting softball. I know I've told people before that I mean I've seen you be act just like a brick wall back there, and 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 I'm saying that as an honest opinion. Like I said, I'm not here trying to uh, blow smoke or trying to inflate somebody's head. But, I mean, just the two positions y'all play, y'all were probably two of the best players out there at your respective position. Yeah, there's a lot of times, like, I'll do something. Mm-hmm. Like, if I block one and it still went, like, right there in front of me, I was like, dang. Like, I surprised <laughs> myself a lot. Right. But Hey, I do too at first sometimes. <laughs> don't get me wrong. We surprise each other. And now let's kind of uh, time travel back to – let's flip the calendar back to 2020, early 2022. Uh, in my other interviews, the, uh, this answer was an unsurprising consensus. I mean, 2022 was an amazing turnaround to the prior year. I see 39-14 and a near miss at a regional bid. Uh, everyone I've spoken to has said that they had the utmost confidence that this team will pick up where they left off. And it seems like y'all are on that pace so far. That seems to be the case with you know, currently 14-2, and uh, nine-game winning streak as it stands today. Uh, so in your own words... Uh, kind of tell me what y'all thought about the 2022 season and expectations as we go forward into the 23 season, starting from the 14 and two going forward. I think um, last year the talent we had, um, it was definitely one of the best teams that I've been on, whether it's travel, high school, whatever, in a while. And when we didn't get that um, regional bid, it definitely kicked us all in the rear end. Like we were pissed off because there was a coach back I talked about how like. Um, 
there was a stretch where we didn't win the games that we needed to, and it clearly like hurt us. Um, but then at the end, whenever we realized that majority of that team from last year was coming back this year, we were like, okay, yeah, like we're fishing them. I don't want to say run over everybody, but like you said, pick back up where we left off. Mm-hmm. And then when we started in the fall and all of these um, transfers that came in and even the freshmen, um, it's you can't describe the talent on this team. Because, right. like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, if one person is struggling, like, you're just going to either have to let them struggle or find a way to get through it. No, you have somebody else that can help them out in that situation, give them a break. Um whenever they're struggling with whatever. But definitely, like, this year, um, during games, like, we've been put in situations that I'm not going to lie. I was like, well, man, I hope we get through this. And then we end up getting through it, and it's like – I don't feel like team like teams in years past would have, like, done that. Like, they would have realized, oh, we're two outs with, like, down by two or whatever in the last inning. Like, let's just give up now. But clearly this team, we all have each other's back. Like, we all want to fight for each other and see – um, how far we can go, and I think like the all the records we broke last year, and that we're breaking this year too. Like mm-hmm. we're just um, finding out we were ranked twenty second. Like I feel like we have a goal each week to reach something and get past that. So yeah, I know, and that was actually school history, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Yeah, school history, first time being ranked. And if I'm not mistaken, I think like you made mention about uh, uh, capitalizing on on being behind and overcoming adversity. I know the. Second game with that Thomas doubleheader. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a big, big time hit by Christina. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming in off the bench, and I mean, I honestly would have hated to be in that situation, but it was just it's almost like the uh, second nature mm-hmm. the way she come up there and got that hit. She had the one yeah. at Gwinnett too, and um, that was actually where she came from too. Okay. So yeah. she transferred from there, so that made it ten times better for her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of success that this team has had so far, and you look at the overall talent, I mean, I even told Coach Beckett this, I mean, for lack of a better term, second string, there's the ones that are sitting on the bench right now that are not in the starting lineup. It's not necessarily a bad thing in this lineup. I mean, you got to think, I mean, second stringers that are this good, I mean, other teams need to look and say, ah, I would you, there's, there's no, there's no real weak spot here. I mean, you, you look at some of these bench hitters, they're hitting, Mid two hundreds, close to three hundred. I mean, and and the people and people that are starters are averaging two. I, I'd have to go back and look at the actual numbers, but I'd I'd be willing to bet that y'all were hovering around high two hundreds, hitting three hundred mm-hmm. most likely. I mean, I know I saw one of, I think what is it, Alexis was hitting mm-hmm. in the four hundreds mm-hmm. as of right now, like four seventy something. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, sitting among ranked. I think it was ranked in the top of the conference, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's just. Uh, amazing to see so far. And I think that's going to yeah. be big. Yeah. Like when we, with conferences, we play everybody four times. Mm-hmm. Well, if so-and-so gets, like, goes over the first game, and say it's like William Carey or Mobile or something, they're going to mm-hmm. have their mindsets, oh, we have them three more times again the next game. Well, Coach Becker, all she's got to do is put whoever back in, and it's a whole new person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. going to be big with us whenever we start, especially, well, this weekend. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Oh, okay, absolutely. So, um, actually, it left you out. So, your your impressions of like how last year was and how this year's going? Um, pretty much the same as Lauren's. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the team last year. Like, I saw our growth. Like, when we did something bad, we didn't try to get like too down on ourselves. We just tried to figure out what can we do better. Like, 
what can we do, like, if this does happen to, you know, like, keep on going, like, keep on Mm -hmm. going. And we didn't really get too down last year. We were just trying to win, like, every game that we possibly could and just, like, keep moving forward. And, you know, when we lost a couple of those games that, you know, we all know that we should have won and we didn't get a bid, you know, it was – it hurt. It, It hurt, like, deep, deep down. And I just knew, like, we had most everybody coming back, and I was just like, we got it this year. Like, I've not had, like, a negative thought about it. Like, I know at the beginning of the year, I was like, in the fall, like, man, like, you know, we're looking kind of rough, but it's just like one day we just all clicked, and it was just like, you know, it's something that you just can't remember, like, that feeling, like, it's just going to stick with, like, you forever, and I was just like, yeah, I think I think we're gonna make it to like the World Series. Like that that is my personal opinion because like we have so much talent. Like we have so much like worth ethic. Like there are girls that will come here like at night and hit like you know get extra work. Like I know my household like sometimes like we're we'll come hit like the night before games. Like tonight would be one of those nights, and it's just like. It's always, like, we're always improving. And Coach Becca tells us, like, just get 1% better to every day. And I feel like pretty much every day everybody is getting 1% better. And I feel like that helps us, like, keep pushing forward. And I'm just ready to start conference so we can, like, get it going to an extent. But, you know, I'm just kind of like, I hope it goes long this year because I'm not ready for it to end. Because I really, truly, like, think that we have, like, a pretty special team this year. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, you both made the point about uh, being able to bounce back. When something bad happens, whether it be an error on the field or losing a game, something I've told people before, I honestly consider it to be selective amnesia, and I'll kind of explain that a little bit, is to acknowledge, acknowledge that a mistake was made, acknowledge it, but then forget it ever happened. Mm -hmm. And then just act like it. I mean, acknowledge it, but then okay, that never happened. Go make up for it. Mm-hmm. And then at the yeah. end, at the end of the day, still know that it didn't happen. But you you went out there. It did something ten times better to make Find up. Find a for way it. to learn from. Yeah. Your yeah. Like mm-hmm. sometimes when we're scrimmaging and stuff, and I'm um, like we're in the infield and just say like something goes like a wrong way. I just tell them like you know just turn the page. Like let's just keep moving. Like don't even worry about it. Like we'll get whatever we got to get back because you know. Game's not over until the last out of the game, and as long as we keep pushing, I feel like we will be sitting great. Oh, absolutely, I agree. I want to do another quick sponsor break. I want to thank Calico's and Eastman, the Cannon Law Firm, Vineyard Doodles, Milton CPA Services, and the Merchants and Citizens Bank, Riles Drugstore, and the Law Office of Joseph I. Marchant. Now let's dip into some other activities, kind of off the college, off the collegiate diamond here that y'all have done in the past. I mean, you both have had softball lessons on the side, uh, coached a uh, younger team over the summer. I've had chances to work several so- showcases along other college coaches. I mean, y'all, y'all have all done this together, and you see, you two seem to have a really close friendship, and it's almost like sisters, per se. I mean, you, y'all share experiences, and it's a very cool thing to see. So did this – friendship kind of spark earlier in life or did this really or did y'all really get to know each other here at middle georgia it was definitely here whenever yeah. um logan transferred it <laughs> funny story logan might plus me for saying this but um whenever 
the year that Logan and everybody else came in, um, somebody had like basically preached to us like, oh, you're not gonna like Logan. Logan's gonna do this. Logan's gonna do that. And after we met Logan, we're like, like what Logan is she talking about? Like it was completely different. But no, um, Logan and I and two other girls ended up living together in Eastman. And um, I really think that's when we all started getting close together and we shared basically the same hobbies and all of that. Um, but yeah, definitely like um, coaching that little team. They were they were something else. Yeah, but they were. We learned well, while we're sit, like sitting there trying to like explain drills and all that to mm-hmm. them. I feel like we learned stuff from each other, um, and just like going to the um, camps and all that or showcases because we would go fill in for like one of the coach Becker or somebody. And um, it's funny because they'll be like, "Hey, Coach Lauren, Coach Logan," and we won't answer because <laughs> we're still playing, so we're not but like they don't used to. <laughs> hearing mm-hmm. the coach in front of it but um mm-hmm. i feel like we definitely like learned a lot from like i said the lessons the teams the um camps and everything yeah i know it helped it helped me learn a lot like being able like me and lauren to go like um to those camps this summer and like coach those little girls like i know you may say like oh you're 22 like you should be mature and like know how to act in this and stuff like when you're on the field but being able to coach those little girls and like help other like about like 15 year old girls it really made me open my eyes more to like the game of softball and things that you know have happened in my past on the field and just be like you know there's no reason for like you know some of the stuff because you know we all have our little girl hissy fits sometimes, but it just really opened my eyes and like helped me a lot as a player and as a person also to just like see like there are better things and like how to like act different, you know, like treat people like differently and just like all that. So like I'm very grateful that me and Lauren were able to um, do that this summer and in the fall actually. Awesome. The awesome. sisters thing is funny you say that because we get all the time like we're asked, y'all sisters, y'all related? Like, no, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Can we get a picture yeah. of the sisters? Yeah. We, we definitely act like yeah. it though. We have our down times, but then I feel like we're right there to pick each other up and mm-hmm. like Logan said, learn from each other and all that. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Lauren, you mentioned that you're really big into helping out with uh, Special people with special needs, and I loved and I love uh, hearing that whenever you sent me that uh, on in, on the, in an Instagram message, and of course this may sound kind of cliche. Anybody that follows the man knows that he does this. And it kind of reminded me of what Tim and Demi mm-hmm. and Demi Tebow do with the uh, Not to Shine mm-hmm. stuff that they do all over the really really it's all over the world. Mm-hmm. I was about to say country, but it's all over the world. So. Uh, you mind giving me more details on that and like what exactly you do? When did you start doing that? So um, I've always like growing up, I've always been around um, people with special needs, whether it was like close family members, mm-hmm. neighbors, or whatever. And um, everybody just everybody that like sees me working with them says that I just have like a special bond with them. Mm-hmm. At the time, I didn't like really understand like what they were saying. Um, but there was a girl that I used to play travel ball with, and she had an older sister that had Down syndrome. And um, we would go and help them with like the whole buddy ball system and all that. And then whenever I was a freshman in high school, we had a little club called Partners Club. And it was where like, we would all go like and help with the special needs, like at Special Olympics. 
and all that. And I kind of like just fell in love with working with them because um, the littlest thing that they would do would like brighten their day. Like whether it was like learning something new or like doing like getting a ribbon for like Special Olympics or whatever. And at that time, I realized, okay, I wanted to do something with special needs. But I did. I knew I didn't want to be like in the classroom with them because I have to be moving. Like I can't stand to sit still. Right. And um, so then I knew a couple of people who were therapists that worked with special needs, and I went and shadowed them a bunch. And I originally said I wanted to do occupational therapy, but then I realized that all they do is sit. Not all they do, but it's not more like movement stuff like physical therapy is. And so I ended up moving to that. And um, as of a couple months ago, I was going to go to PT school, but then I realized that um, I'm not ready to get away from athletics. So I think I'm going to end up like going down the athletic training route. But definitely, I will, I will always have a special like place for special needs. They brighten my day. Okay. Hey, that that sounds awesome. So with the uh, athletic training. The thing that you want to do is the, I, I, well, I hold that hold that thought, and I'll, I'll move into this next question, and then add it on. So I've I've yet to mention academics and its importance. So I mean, what exactly are you? Uh, I'll ask you. She's already said it. So your your major, uh, here. I mean, have you already acquired your degree yet? Um, actually, I finished my bachelor's in the fall. Okay. And I just finished my minor, so I have a bachelor's in rehabilitation science and a minor in psychology. Awesome, awesome. That I just finished. Awesome. So, um, after softball, what's next for you? I mean, how, how exactly do you plan on applying that? Um. Well, it's funny that you asked because what my bachelor's has nothing to do with what I want to do. Oh. Well, okay. I mean, I guess in a sense yeah. of like learning like the medical stuff, then yes, yeah. you could say that. But um, I do not want to be a PT, an OT, or any of that. I want to be going to nursing school in the spring of next year because I can't apply right now and I'm going to go to the accelerated program at Georgia Southern it's like a three semester long program and then I'm going to apply to the NP program which is a nurse practitioner program and then um, soon or later after I get done with all my schooling I will go into the job career of being an NP in orthopedics to help with um, like players that are injured, people that, like, you know, go through a car accident and, like, they have to learn, mm-hmm. like, how to move their body, like, muscles and bones all, all over again. So that's what my plans are as of right now to do. Awesome, awesome. So with the uh, degree that you have, I think you've already gotten your degree, haven't you? That's what I, I did, I, yeah. I, I um, graduated back in the fall with okay. the same thing with rehab science. Okay, I got you. So, when it, going into the athletic training thing that you want to do, are you planning on getting any like additional schooling, or is that degree going to mo- move you into that? I'll have to go and get my master's for athletic okay. training. Okay, um, all right, I got you. Yeah. I got you. So, staying with athletics, I mean, to kind of talk about the importance. I would not athletics, academics. Uh, talk about the importance of. Uh, academics for y'all and kind of what helped y'all maintain the balance between softball and classes time management time management you don't have time management it's going to be a rocky rocky road but honestly if you can just like plan out your week and set aside like even if it's just an hour a day to like do your homework get your homework done like you'll you'll be fine 
Um, one thing Coach Baker does with us is, um, and Coach Wimpy, um, we'll do study hall like once a week um, in the fall, and we'll do it for about two hours, and that usually like helps us, you know, like get caught up. Like you have to sit there and like do your homework. Do your like homework. you just can't just sit there on your phone or like watch a movie on your TV. Like you have to get it done. And then like the days that like you know like we're so we're gonna be playing Saturday and Sunday this week so like you have to have that time management to know like hey I need to go and do my homework like yesterday right. <laughs> yesterday yes. or today like finish up day so like you're not cramming like for you know your due dates like tomorrow and Sunday because usually everything here is due on Sunday so like 11:59 but really just like with academics just really time management like. Um, managing out your schedule like when I was at JUCO um, what helped me a lot and what I brought over to like here at middle was we would have to make a calendar Monday through Sunday and write down like the time we were going to be doing homework like at what time our classes were like what time like our practice was like our weights was and then like once you have that figured out then you could see where your time was of freedom and, like when you could just like throw a 15 minute homework assignment there and then or an hour assignment here and that helped a lot and um just bringing it here to middle it, it helped me a lot personally like and i didn't feel like oh crap like i forgot homework mm. so i it was good that's smart i like that i like yeah. it a lot uh this will be the last topic we discuss and then we'll have some and, and then we'll have some fun um hunting and fishing are two activities <laughs> that we all three that we all three here can say that we love right. so um i guess we'll just kind of spitball ideas or talk shop about exactly what what y'all enjoy doing i mean i know you think about think about the hunting aspect we got turkeys deer whatever uh any kind of bird i mean any kind of bird so what exactly do y'all enjoy doing the most um the most i enjoy is hunting deer um, yeah then we hunt turkey. I mm-hmm. mean, we don't get to do that a lot though because it's during the spring. It's, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all fall. But um, but the day we have off coming soon, I will be going to hunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, duck hunting. Lauren, they duck hunt more than I do. Uh, my brother and I hunt um, dove a lot mm-hmm. when I'm home. Now he shoots them all pretty much. But yeah, yeah. I think like when one thing when Logan came. I guess it was our junior year when she came. They all like make fun of me for like, oh, you don't ever want to hang out, you want to go hunting, yada yada yada. But then when this one came along and it was the same thing, I was like, yeah, y'all go ahead and make fun of her too. But there's been like several times where, um, like during hunting season, where we'll I'll go down the there and hunt for a few days. She'll come up here mm-hmm. and all that. Um, it's definitely there's some funny moments and then there's some sketchy moments too. But yeah, yeah, we yeah. had a we had a bear. Um, this past year, we were hunting close to each other, and oh, wow. I saw it coming. I was like, "Ain't no way!" And so I tried calling her, but we didn't have service. And then um, she finally answered, and uh, she had these little pretzel peanut butter things. I said, "Logan, I said, don't open them." I said, "You got a bear walking your way." <laughs> yeah. But no, wow. it's it's definitely um, it's just amazing because you never know what's going to happen, what you're going to see, and there's always every every trip is different. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's Um, fun. It's just like another adrenaline rush, but, like, you know, people that don't hunt don't understand that mm -hmm. one. 
What about archery? Are y'all big into archery or we is it? We actually both bow hunt. Yeah, oh, so, that, oh, so is that your is that your preference? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm kind of like half and half because yeah. I mean, I like to take my rifle sometimes yeah. and then my bow, you know. But you know, sometimes you know the times that you take your bow, you just sometimes don't see anything. Yeah. Yeah, I can actually personally attest to that. I haven't. Uh, you see, the the thing with me is, I actually hunted a lot with my uh. Grand, uh, when, when my uh, grandpa when I was younger and then I kind of got lazy about it didn't want to mm-hmm. go and then I finally started back about two or three years ago really got uh, really got back into it and I've only been doing archery for I'd probably say two two and a half years mm-hmm. and I've, I've gotten where I really love doing that and then finally I got to kind of piggyback on what you said every time that I would take my bow I didn't see yeah I didn't mm-hmm. see anything I probably could have picked off a squirrel or two, yeah. but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. I mean, and then finally, I know uh, it was like we had like a week left in this past season, and I went uh, went hunting at a friend's place. And finally, I was able to drop a doe. I was like, well, I mean, doe is better than nothing. I mean, at least I got some meat mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to, to eat until next until next year. I wasn't able to wasn't able to drop a buck, but hey, any deer is better than no deer. Yeah. yeah. So what about fishing? Uh, we'll, jump, we'll jump into fishing. I mean, what what exactly do y'all prefer in terms of that? I mean, any do y'all prefer like bass to white perch or kind of yeah, all around? All around, just, love, just whatever. Yeah. I love yeah. bass fishing and yeah. I love brim. They're so fun to catch. You just yeah. drop a little worm in the yeah. skin on that. I'm uh, very fortunate. My neighbor, he's yeah. really big into. Um, he hunts a bunch of like private ponds. Uh-huh. And so him and his brother, they like stalk a bunch. And so he'll be like, he'll call me like, hey, you, what are you doing this afternoon? And I'm like, nothing. He's like, you want to go fishing? And um, some people don't believe it, but we went down to Osceola one afternoon. Or it was one morning. And we ended up fishing all day. And we caught 105 bass. Wow. Yeah. Good. And people are like, there's no way. Like, fishing's so boring. I was like, no, it's not. Like, I mean, yeah, it's boring if you're not catching anything. Right. But mm-hmm. if you know they're there. You gotta know it's how just, to wiggle one. Yeah. That's what, that's what my brother told me. But bash, crappy. I mean, I'm all for it. My favorite would probably be like deep sea, though. Yeah, mine's oh, really? I've only gone a few times, but I think you my, really never know yeah, what you're going to catch the up there. best type of fishing I like is shark. I like shark fishing, like offshore shark fishing. We've done that together, yeah. too. You get, a, you get a workout out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was, And we did it at night. Now, it was oh, very wow. scary, but uh, it was fun. We caught... Well, I caught like yeah, uh, Logan caught them all about like six, and mm. they just couldn't snag one. But it was fun for you know for us to you know do it together. But you know, not just me and Lauren. There's a we're trying to get Addison to take us a uh, fishing because she catches like huge bass where her pond is. So we've been trying to get her to take us. And Coach Wimpy's big into it too. Yeah, she oh, really? has a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So we're trying to talk her into it as well. Yeah. Oh, or, or what was I about to say? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, I'd probably say pref- like preference of bait. I know you mentioned worms. So is that something that you would? Is that something you prefer as like bait choice? Well, if I'm fishing for brim and like I'm just you know playing around, like mm-hmm. I'll just take a cane pole out there and put a worm on it. <laughs> right. But just I drop usually, it in. <laughs> yeah, like that's the best type of fishing. It's just really fun. But um, I usually just use like the plastic worms. the plastic worms, like oh, okay. yeah, different colors with that. Or I'll use like a beetle spin, something like that. Usually I just take whatever's in Lebo's tackle box. That's my (laughs) favorite. 
We just kind of share. Just go scavenging the tackle box mm -hmm. and hook, hook something up. Yeah, between him yeah. and Koi, you know, I just have it all. Mm -hmm. so I have a preference <laughs> to pick yeah. out of everything. <laughs> So there's no reason for me to go spend fifty dollars. Yep, exactly right. I think last time, last time I went fishing, I'd say, well, the mo nine times out of ten, whenever I, whenever I have gone fishing, I'd say, bait of choice has been crickets. Crickets mm -hmm. are good. Yeah. I'm not really do big fan of crickets. I just yeah. hate catching them. You know? right. I just. I'd probably say the like the most aggravating thing about it is actually reaching down in there have catch like you said catching one and they jump all and they jump everywhere i mean you end up dropping them and then you got to find it on the ground and mm -hmm. be able to like hook it properly and yeah. there's been times before where i'd uh, where i'd get it hooked on and i'd cast it and nothing would move for a few minutes i'd reel it back in and, and stupid gone. things mm -hmm. not even there mm -hmm. i probably i probably flung it off whenever yep. i casted <laughs> it yeah I mean, just all around. I mean, I know you could sit here and talk for days about hunting and fishing. Uh, and, of course, I mean, our we've been on here for a while. So let's go ahead and and end it with some fun. With, well, as as you said the other day, we'll, we'll get to throw some people under a bus. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 16 questions. First name that comes to mind. How do you know? Yeah. 16 questions. First name that comes to <laughs> First name that comes to mind, I, I, I told Alexis because she was, she was wrecking her brain whenever whenever I played this with her. I said, first name that comes to mind, don't overthink it. But mm -hmm. I mean, don't I mean, don't try to just spit one out, but to, just don't overthink it. So, are we ready? Yeah, we are We're ready. ready. All right. So there's a mixture of who's most ra uh, who's most likely to and a this or that question. Okay. okay? So first ones are going to be this or that. So live on a farm or live at the beach. That's a tough question. It yeah, is. it's like 50-50 because, you know, I, I live on a farm right now. So, mm -hmm. you know, I love to live on the beach also. So that's 50-50. Yeah. 50-50. So we're going 50-50 mm -hmm. on that? Okay. Roller coasters or water slides? Roller coasters. Depends on how big the water slide. <laughs> Depends on how big it is. Yeah, because I may or may not have messed my knee up on one oh, fall. Okay. But was, probably roller coasters. I was though. about to say, there's got to be a story behind how yeah. this, about how big this is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. Okay, uh, win $25,000 or your best friend win 100000 I say your best friend because we'll even if it. she gives you 25000 she's still got seventy-five. Mm -hmm. So, if if my best friend wouldn't have it with me, yeah. we yeah. would have big problems. We, we'd have big problems. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say that, that nine times out of ten, I've heard people pick the best friend winning it because they know they're at least going to get a quarter to a half of mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So next one, a store where every item is free or a restaurant where every dish is calorie free? Every store is free. Every item in the store is free. Yeah. Same thing for you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. In terms of having memories, would you rather have photos or videos? Definitely videos. Videos. Okay. Talk to animals or speak every language? Talk to animals. Unanimous there. <laughs> Be forced to listen to the same ten songs on repeat for the rest of your life, or be forced to watch the same five movies. I think the ten songs. I think the ten songs because I like to hear too much. Okay, yeah. but but I was what about to, I was about to say if if y'all had uh, if y'all had a problem choosing in that one, I would say you got to choose those five or those ten, no mm -hmm. matter which one you pick. Okay, next one: free travel for one year or free rent for five years. 
I say travel just because I still live at home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with free rent for five years. I can see the logic behind that because I, I too, still live at home. Yeah. yeah. Gas is just too expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I'm going to say about gas. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Now, who's most likely... Uh, I, I told you about this one. Who's most likely to bring a dog to a team meeting? Yeah, probably me. Probably Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Who's most likely to talk in their sleep? Brooke. Just because I, I heard her. Just <laughs> <laughs> because you heard okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's most likely to answer your call or text regardless of what time it is? I think... I don't know, because I feel like one person would answer a call before a text, and another person would answer a text for a call. I don't know, though. So, so this answer depending on if they're a caller or a text? Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, I would say myself, because um, I've answered a lot of text messages yeah. at 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, but another person would come This is a tough one, besides myself. Um, mm -hmm. It would have to be like a late night owl person. Mm -hmm. I feel like Little Mac answers the phone, like a call. Yeah, I would say Little Mac. Okay. Who's most likely to have an evil twin? Mm, I'm going to go with Addison. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, probably. Addison or Morgan. Okay. Yeah, that, those are my uh, two. Spinoff question. Being, being she's right there. Yeah. Hey, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, being she's right there. Okay. In terms of an evil twin, which half is she? Mm, depends Ooh. on the day. Depends, okay. <laughs> depends on the day. Depends on the day. Okay. No, as is a little sweetheart most of the days. I give her a, a six out of seven days. She's sweet. Six out of seven? Okay. I can see Taylor Lang with an evil twin, too, just because she's always so perky. Ah, okay. So you're saying she'll have that evil twin. Yeah. Okay. Who's most likely to forget where they parked? Um, Gabby, because she did it the other day. We walked all the way out there to the big parking lot. She's like, where's my car? And it was right in front of the door. Right and there. We walked out of, yeah. Hey. Who's yeah. most likely to... Um, well, first, let me preface this. Alexis answered this one as herself. Uh, who's, most likely to one. who's most likely to fake <laughs> their birthday at a restaurant for free cake? Well, if we're at a Mexican restaurant, I would definitely do it because I love the sopapilla they give you. But anywhere else, um, who did we say? We said KK. Yeah, KK. Okay. Who's most likely to have a million dollar idea? Mm. That's a great question. Um, probably Beth. Yeah. Yeah, probably Beth. Yeah, probably Beth. I can't think of anybody else. I can't remember which one it was. If it was Maddie or Alexis. Somebody said, one of them said Summer. Summer. Well, it might have been for a different question. Don't don't quote me on that. Yeah. It might have been, it, it might have been for a different question. So, um, I had more, but I weeded those down to the best ones I thought. So, uh, we've had some fun. Now let's kind of thank the sponsors one last time before we get out of here. Thanks again to the Law Office of Joseph I. Martin, Riles Drugs, the Merchants and Citizens Bank, Milton CPA Services, Vineyard Doodles, the Cannon Law Firm, and Cali Coes in Eastman. 
that'll do it for episode 15 with Lauren, Heath, and Logan Blizzard. Give them a hand for the amazing job they've done. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I'll be back soon, but until then, remember that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Thank you.